0: Welcome to the Apple of Truth, a weekly podcast where we cover every single episode of Lucifer while exploring potholes and diving deep into all the details you never knew you needed. I'm Vero. And I'm Lena, And we not only share a deep love for the show and its creators, but also for our glorious patrons who enrich our lives on more than one level.
1: Today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 18, The Last Heartbreak. And in German, the title is slightly different. It is Broken
0: Hearts. So essentially they're saying this is the last time anybody is going to get heartbroken on this show, right? No. Well, then it's a false title and I protest.
1: (laughs) I also think that the Broken Hearts is more accurate because it describes so many things happening in this episode and also I decided to do my Devils in the Details on the actual Broken Heart Syndrome
0: There's a lot of medical things in there that I
1: barely understand. No, no, no. There's a lot of medical things in there that I cannot pronounce. (laughs) But you can, even though you could not read my notes. So don't go claiming you didn't understand them. Yeah, I
0: actually have a secret medical degree that's why mm, sure
1: <laughs> in today's episode a copycat killer stirs memories of an old case solved by Pierce 50 something years ago Lucifer grapples with jealousy Maze hurts everyone around her Amenadiel stalks Charlotte and all in all the only ray of sunshine is Ella and done doesn't really get much chance to shine in my opinion okay
0: well we're gonna talk about a lot of these things I mean
1: that's why we're here anyway <laughs> No, we're stopping talking now. That's the episode. (laughs) See you next week, guys. Bye. Listen,
0: I'm the one who edits this one. So I'm fine with that. We can just read each other our final thoughts and then we can just go.
1: As salty as mine are. Could work. Oh, lovely. We're going to end on salty notes. That's what she said. Sorry. Okay.
0: (laughs) We're there. We're there and we're dancing in it.
1: Ew. Ew. No. Gross. (laughs) Metal. (laughs) <laughs> okay, this is gonna take a moment. Okay, I'm <laughs> fine. I'm fine. Totally. <laughs> you do know that it actually has sugar in it, but you're not tasting that because you taste sweetness with the tip of your tongue, and that's usually not where it goes. <laughs>
0: You're a horrible person. I know. I made rock cry. I made rock cry. Oh my god. Uh, You can't see
1: it. I'm wearing glasses. You took them off to wipe your ears. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. (laughs) This is gonna be an amazing train wreck. (laughs) Well, you have to suffer through this, so... (laughs)
0: It's it's fine. This is all going into the Patreon thing. (laughs) So... (sighs) I would be a very bad actor if I couldn't
1: hold myself together right now. Because actors never get the giggles. No. As numerous gag reels have proven.
0: No, they can... (laughs) Shut up! Don't look at me like that. Anyway, hey, let's, 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 let's... I'm fine, I'm fine. (sighs) Obsession of the week. I have a little nagging feeling that we're gonna disagree on this one because I was slightly stumped because Lucifer's obsession is very broad to me, but I ended up going with partnership.
1: I went with Chloe and Pierce's relationship and I'm counting this as a win because I picked one specific relationship and you went with partnership in general. So I'd say this week is
0: a win. Yeah, green check for the first time in a few weeks.
1: (laughs) It's been a while. We have for this week's facts and funds some curious facts, especially for you. Because our director is first-time director and sadly only-time director for Lucifer so far, Hanelle Coolpepper. But she has so, so, so many credits. And as far as I could tell, she's still kinda young, so she really seems to know what she's doing. Personally, for me, the most important credit in her long list is the pilot episode of Picard and most importantly for you probably is four episodes of Criminal Minds. Oh. She has been on so many shows. Seriously, her credit list is really impressive. We have once again a writer duo. This time we have Alex Katznelson Nelson with the seventh credit and our favorite Mike Costa with a fifth credit. Welcome back Mike Costa. Our title is said by Neil Berger himself. <laughs> which is not surprising because he's obsessed with everything. And I have yet another fun fact that is only interesting because of you. Did you instantly know who was going to be the serial killer? Yes. Who? Pelant. It was Pelant. And obviously... Pallant is not the name that is used in Lucifer because Pallant is from Bones.
0: Yes, he's the worst enemy on Bones. He's there for too long and he makes me very mad.
1: And it made me very very happy to see that once again you would know the twist just because you watch so many other shows.
0: Well, <laughs> this is actually quite interesting that you are saying that because I also know the guy who plays Neil Berger.
1: And then I have two IMDb facts that i have shamelessly stolen because i have no idea what they're talking about number one the location of the bar that pierce likes to work in and that maddie slash k also works in is the prince in koreatown it has also been used in other shows like new girl and number two The Chances Chocolates radio bit is actually a reference to War of the Roses on John Jay and Rich Morning Show.
0: I feel like I've heard that before as in I've seen somebody use that principle on a different TV show. For some reason I remember Shoes. Don't ask me why.
1: I mean I know the movie War of the Roses but I don't remember the radio bit. But it has been ages.
0: I don't know the movie. I feel like I've seen it used on a different TV show. Probably. Who knows.
1: And that's it from the Facts and Fun.
0: Yeah. You got me worked up immediately. (laughs)
1: You're welcome.
0: I was getting myself ready for that when the scene actually occurs. But I did not expect you to throw me into the deep water.
1: (laughs) Girl, if there is a mention this actor also plays the serial killer in Bones, I'm gonna have to throw it in there.
0: Yeah, well, I didn't realize that they would put that as a fun fact. Also, you've never seen the show. Didn't put two and two together. Anyway, I'm smart. Yes, you are. That's true. With that being said and on record, we go to to previously on Lucifer Mom is in alternative universe and Charlotte is back in her body. Linda dumped Ames for Mace, which didn't help their relationship much. Chloe asks Pierce if they had a moment and he agrees but is afraid of commitment. Ames somehow manages to convince him that he can have what Lucy and Chloe have and Ken takes it as he can have it with Chloe.
1: He takes it very literal.
0: Yep, seeing that moment at the end of the previously on did not give me a good condition for this
1: episode. Especially, I had not realized that means that I can also have that, that being Chloe, not a fan of objectification in that way. Oh! (laughs) I didn't catch it the last time and when the previous yawn went through and he goes, oh, maybe that means I can also have that. Camera pans over to Chloe. Mm.
0: Okay, I did not see that until now and this makes it even
1: worse. So gross. So, 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 so gross. Yeah.
0: But as much as this is gross, I love the trope that they use in the very first moments of this episode. And that is that we have no idea that we are are in a flashback for the
1: first moment. I felt the clothing was a very nice hint.
0: Oh, definitely. But they first start the entire episode with a very, very close-up on Pierce's face. So the first, like, second and a half, you're like, is he just out drinking? And then you start noticing the other things around him as well. And then it kind of clicks, but the first moment is just episode like any other. But then, 50s! up!
1: I found it very nice to see that even 50 plus years ago, Pierce already was an abrasive asshole.
0: I mean, he had millennia to get there, so... Very consistent. Very consistent. It seems that he is, in general, very consistent throughout this entire episode, and I'm not gonna get into it just yet. However... He is consistent with the fact that he worked for the police even back then. So it seems to be a long career for him in the police force, which is interesting on the account of him being the first murderer. That's true. Now, since he is in the police, he gets grabbed by his colleague. And as they walk outside the bar, my Devil's in the Music song starts playing. And it's nothing less than Love is Strange by Mickey and Sylvia. And we get a little note that says Los Angeles, 1958.
1: It's a weird choice, this song, for this scene.
0: Well, they're about to start talking about the
1: Broken Hearts killer. Don't call him that. (laughs) Nice. Why not? Never gonna catch on. (laughs) This is one of my favorite transitions in a while. It's really nice,
0: yeah. I do wonder, or I did wonder in this stage, if they have inspired the name or the crime of the serial killers with some existing serial killer, or if that's just the creation. It's definitely my mind process regarding to the fact that i've seen 15 seasons of criminal minds in like 2 months but i do wonder if it's
1: inspired by somebody in a real life that thought did not occur to me when i was doing my notes so i did not use the tell in a detailed for that should have maybe could have but We transition over into the precinct with the wonderful newspaper and apparently this is right the next day after the last episode because last night was some concert and yeah, my thoughts and feelings are well known so I'm not gonna bore you.
0: Same. I didn't love the fact that Lucifer is watching from the distance and Ella is so not helping.
1: But she's trying!
0: Because I feel like Ella But for some reason she's not realizing that
1: Lucifer has feelings for Chloe. Oh yeah, I think she's realizing. But
0: she is stepping into it so heavily then. I don't understand why.
1: Because that is Ella. She is sometimes utterly oblivious that her overt positivity is not always positive to other people. Okay, well, I guess I can go with that.
0: I don't know. It just feels like she is ignoring the fact that Lucifer has feelings for Chloe. But I don't know. She knows, I think? I feel like she knows, but also it doesn't seem like it in the scene.
1: I think she knows, but she also knows that they're not going anywhere. And I'm pretty sure she knows it's Lucifer's fault. They're not going anywhere. And so she wants Chloe to be happy. And if Pierce is now reciprocating, Ella is gonna be on team Pierce because she adores Pierce. She's being a good girlfriend. I suppose. But she
0: is talking to Lucifer about it. She didn't necessarily need to do it.
1: Yeah, but she is also supportive to Lucifer, just not in a there, there, you're gonna get her eventually, but more in a hey, you still have your partnership with her.
0: Yeah, I suppose that's fair enough. Also, I'm very pro-Lucifer in this episode in general, because he is now not only you can see that he is jealous, which is obvious and that was gonna happen, but you can see that he is probably worried because it's Cain. And obviously he is protective of Chloe, but mainly it's Kane who we're talking about. So, I don't know. There is a lot of to unpack in that relationship and they're gonna get into it a little bit more throughout the episode. But Dan shows up in
1: the office, in Pierce's office, for the rescue. Thankfully, because Pierce just asked Chloe out on a food date. Ugh. It was painful to watch. That entire scene was painful. They're so cringy with each other. I
0: think there is a lot going on there. A lot of suppressed feelings for other people and a lot of agendas that are not yet revealed. And this just gives it a little weird flavor, if you ask me.
1: Well, I have made no secret that I'm very, very convinced what the agenda is here.
0: And he later on spells it out. Yeah, we will talk about the agenda later on. I
1: was right, I was right.
0: I am not saying that you weren't. I was not fighting you on that.
1: <laughs> just wanted to point it out as early as possible.
0: Yeah, you were right, Lina. Well done. <laughs> but let's get away from this scene because I feel like we're both very not happy with watching what was happening there. And... We go back to something that is gonna get even worse for us with a song that's called Gone Away by Toby Lightman.
1: I hate everything in this scene and it's so awkward and horrible and painful and I feel so sorry for Amenadiel because
0: really no one told him? Well, there is a lot of reasons why to feel sad and sorry for Ames but that still doesn't excuse his behavior.
1: He had no way to... Prepare for this. This is a complete blow from the sidelines. Later on completely with you, hate everything he does. But in this moment, his behavior is completely understandable and I do not blame him to reacting wrongly in this moment. So I I do feel for him that nobody told him. Maybe Lucifer sent him emojis again, I don't know. Possible.
0: There is another reason to feel sorry for him though because at the very beginning of the scene he clearly has been asked what does he want or something in that sense and he goes on this rant of what he wants And you would expect that he is talking to a friend. But then it pans out and we see that he is talking to a barista. And it's just so sad that he literally doesn't have anybody to talk to so it takes just so little to get him to engage and blurt out like that.
1: She just wants to do her fucking job.
0: Yeah, I feel her. I know the feeling.
1: Have you had customers pour out their heart and soul to you?
0: Yes but not as often as I used to when I worked in an alcohol based job.
1: So you've had an Ames before? Yes. Oh wow. It is
0: extremely weird and uncomfortable Comfortable and there's no real way to get through that. But just smile and nod.
1: I also feel very much for Charlotte because she is still struggling with everything and to have this ginormous, handsome, kind of intimidating dude completely emotionally overwhelming come at you, call you mom. I mean, that must be terrifying in the best of moments and especially so for her since she is still missing time and everything. But I once again wanna call out Charlotte is a fucking badass because she adjusts to this situation so quickly and so competently. And I love her. She's great. She is great.
0: My thought about Ames at the end of the scene was I was wondering if he thinks that Mum would he would be his next test. Most likely. But it's just dumb and it
1: doesn't make any sense. You just described a mana deal.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, that is true. Oh, Let's get away from this to actually something that I found entertaining. And let me humor you for a second. We enter the crime scene and Lucifer and Chloe have a debate where... Lucifer brings out the fact that Ella thinks that they boned and stuff like that. And he tries to bring up... Nothing can come between their partnership, essentially. And at that stage, Pierce walk right in the middle of them. And again, imagine him waiting, walking behind them for a little while, listening in and just waiting for the right moment to burst in there.
1: Oh, Pierce is like Snape, definitely. He
0: is 100% Snape. Also, he is, he is as gross as Snape. As a person. And as selfish.
1: Yeah. It's canon null Pierce Snape. Just with better hair. I actually had the exact note with the quote and everything. Because I'm fully there with you. This was entertaining. We also get our title card in the best possible moment. But we do stay in the precinct afterwards. And now we have... Pierce, for a change, obsessing with the case. We have Lucifer obviously self-identifying. And we have Ella trying to pretend nothing is happening. Yep. I did have a
0: question at this stage. There were two options this could go. This was a copycat or they had the wrong guy. Kind (laughs) Kain. Kain! That's how you say it in German. Kain fucked up all those years back. And either way, it's not good for Kain. So I understand his obsession right now. Or somebody who... But that's a copycat theory. That they're coming back for revenge on Kain for taking down the first one in the first place. but
1: So not connected copycat, a personal connection copycat, or the actual original killer. Yeah, only three ways t- this could have gone. It was one of the ways. We move over to Clay's and... Uh, my heart. maze throwing an all-out bender at home also means to me that Chloe didn't come home. Oh... I did not think of that and that is interesting,
0: so they probably did bone.
1: Right? And also Mace having the total bender means she is falling back into her waist. She is completely acting out, she is lashing out against Dan and- and I was actually really rooting for Dan in this moment because he stood his ground. I am definitely giving brownie points in this scene. He was really good. So I'm loving the evolution Dan still keeps going through. But my heart hurts, hurts, hurts for Mace. And I know it's gonna get worse in this episode. But I really hope she that she manages to push through it and then comes out ahead of it. Yes. We are now transitioning over back into the precinct. And for this one second, I was like, yay, Lucifer is making clear boundaries. And then he's not. And I actually am quite confused where lucifer stands at the moment with his sexual activities and prolifics because do you remember weeks and weeks and weeks ago when he was still pining after the board game night and then he still goes and has sex with the woman but he was not into a zara and so i can't place him at the moment i don't know if he still has his promiscuity happening or not and then he goes and i normally love threesomes and i'm like well lucy Why not make it a happy threesome with Kate? Not happening because Chloe won't say yes, but... (laughs) I feel like a lot
0: of this is about emotional involvement for Lucifer. So one of the reasons he did end up refusing Zara last episode was because she was just too close to him and too close to the case and too close to Chloe. And it wouldn't necessarily mean that he is out of his promiscuous ways completely.
1: We haven't seen him be active in a while.
0: Yeah, but I think it's just part of his life that he still kind of lives when he's not around Chloe, but with everything that's happened we don't really see that right now. I'm gonna keep my eyes open. Yeah, that's fair. I find it in this moment extremely annoying that you can see that Cain knows exactly what this is doing to Lucifer and he is enjoying himself. Because in their like a brief conversation it's like, oh get over it, I'm doing this in a way. And it just feels like he actually has this as an added bonus to the fact that he is going after what he wants. And I think that he is genuinely interested in the case, but he is multitasking he is definitely getting Chloe in the process. Yeah, he's
1: definitely multitasking. I agree. I didn't catch the personal satisfaction for Kane, but... Don't think it was like very visible. It doesn't sound far-fetched, so I'm just gonna believe you. Thank you.
0: And then I wrote down hashtag projecting, and I'm not really... Oh, yeah, that's when Lucifer walks into the interrogation room and starts getting off. <sighs> Maybe I prefer to be standing. He's
1: such a child.
0: A hundred percent. He is such a child. Now, poor woman lost her ex-husband who clearly she was still in love with and for a moment I actually believed Lucifer that he believes her or I thought that he believes her and I feel like this moment is kind of a weird situation for me because Lucifer is trying to act out and get Chloe back into their partnership and trying to get it back the way it was but at the same time Chloe is kind of moving away from him on a professional level And she's being extremely professional in this episode, it feels like. And she is inviting Kane on the case, out in the open. And I believe that's because she thinks that he would be helpful with the investigation. And it's not because she wants him around. Which is not the motivation that Kane has, as I just said about the multitasking. I feel like he plays it on both fronts, unlike Chloe. There's a lot of emotions kind of swirling around this scene. And... Ah... I'm not really sure what that leaves us just yet. I
1: don't have anything else for this scene.
0: But anyway, we get who Dan shows up again to save the day with the second crime
1: scene. And then there's the normally love threesomes and then they move to the second crime scene. Yes. We go over to the second crime scene and... The only thing that was of note to me is Pierce using the royal we when he actually meant me. Oh yeah. I found that amusing.
0: Weirdly enough, my note says, this is creepy, I'm getting Criminal Minds flashbacks. Which is interesting since the director was on Criminal Minds. Wowee, I am psychic clearly (laughs) and in the typical lucifer fashion he is delusionally thinking that everything will go back to normal after this case is finished
1: yeah he is best at lying to himself
0: yep he lies nobody else
1: but himself we have a flashback while we are at this crime scene and this was when it finally dawned on me oh no this is gonna be a pierce episode
0: (laughs) oh no took a while (laughs) (laughs) A little bit, yeah. We do get a song, and this is from, uh, I think it's called The Best 50s Songs or something like that, the album. And there's a few songs from that album. One of them is Piano at Midnight by Dick Walter. So... Yeah, I am in love with Kay. She is amazing. She solved the case.
1: I wrote down, Lady bartender is very good. I like her, but I fear she will die this episode. I was very happy when she didn't die. Yeah, yeah, I had the same feeling. But yeah, she is very smart. She gives great insight. And I'm honestly grateful that they didn't kill her. Yes. And
0: then there's a lot of very quick scenes in this episode. So we swoop back to the precinct and there is only one thing I have to say. What is worse than Pierce being on the case? Pierce being on the case while being right.
1: Well, I have a much better spin on this for us because we don't like him. I can't believe it took him that long to remember the wisdom from last time. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I like that. Thank you. Makes
1: me hate it a little less. See? But yeah, that's all I have to say as well. And we move over to Linda. And how? How did this not come up? at any point. Linda met Charlotte. She had massive flashbacks regarding mom. She decided to start treating Charlotte to treat her own PTSD. Amenadiel and Linda had a fucking affair because they are so close and... Uh... She claimed towards Mays that she actually cared for Amenadiel. Caring to me, sorry if I'm getting that wrong, not really understanding the whole romantic shit, caring for me implies that you Talk.
0: Yes. I think, though, in this situation, they found in each other a distraction from their own issues. And for Linda, it was a distraction from her PTSD. And henceforth, she wasn't really willing to talk about it. And as much as I was surprised that Ames didn't know, But when you think back to it, nobody talks to him. He's the kid on the outside of the group who's just going around doing his own righteous thing because he thinks he's better than everybody else and therefore he doesn't get any information. Like nobody tells him shit.
1: Yeah, he doesn't have any friends and even the woman he's supposedly in love with didn't communicate with him. Because she had
0: PTSD. She didn't want to talk about it. She was avoiding talking about it by being in a relationship with
1: somebody. And still not even like half a sentence dropped. I mean, someone really should... have told him in the last 18 episodes. Oh
0: yeah, somebody really should have told him, but uh, we wouldn't have what we have now if somebody did. And I genuinely think not to victim blame, but I genuinely think that this is Ames' on fault in a sense that...
1: You're not victim-blaming. He is an active participant in the cause of this. Yeah, he puts himself above everybody else and therefore
0: he doesn't talk to anybody and nobody talks to him.
1: Yeah, definitely. Not gonna disagree with you on that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what I did kind of expect there to be Charlotte to actually show up instead of Ames in the first seconds of this scene. Coming up to Linda telling her, I had this weird experience, and then Ames... James showed up instead. And I'm like, I mean, it makes sense for him to show up there, but also, okay.
1: I mean, it's sweet that he wants to warn Linda.
0: Yep. And then he goes off on the whole bullshit that Charlotte should know and somebody should tell her. And be bidi boo. Not Linda's problem.
1: But back in usual Linda fashion, she offers very competent insight and gives the right recommendation. So let's see how this is gonna go. Well, we go to the killer house and this is the moment
0: when I went completely bonkers on my notes. Because Andrew leads. The actor who just kind of runs through. My assumption at this point, after I was done screaming in my notes, was that he is some sort of a relative who doesn't want to have anything to do with the original killer. And that's why he's sending the tour guide away. And even then, even then I wanted them to shoot him on the spot because I hate his stupid face.
1: Since I didn't know the actor, I got completely distracted by the utter brilliance of Chloe when the tour guide goes, oh, you guys for three o'clock? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. She's so, so witchy and so quick on her feet. That's Chloe for you. Super cup,
0: <laughs> super cup, super cup. She's a super cup. Okay. That's enough.
1: Uh, what? That's not a good song for that, right? Super freak. Super freak. Yeah, yeah. No, no. (laughs) Uh-huh. It is now. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, we actually now go back to Linda and now Linda gives the good, competent recommendation telling Ames to back off. I kind of mixed that up into the previous scene.
0: It's two very, very short scenes. Ames should stay away from Charlotte. She is giving a very good advice as she has proven to be extremely wise when it doesn't regard herself.
1: So we're just going to ignore that we jump back to Linda and go straight back to working the case. It's so great that there aren't segues
0: also that they have one random participant of the tour that it's just not not just them this entire scene
1: there's a normie working with them they have capes they have helmets and they are on fucking segways it's just oh my god very good
0: and to me in this moment when he reveals himself it was very obvious and i had two different options again from religiously watching criminal minds to me it was clear that either he did it which i doubt it or somehow he is creeping onto the crime scenes before the police gets there therefore he's probably in touch with the killer That was my assumption at this moment.
1: I didn't put in that much thought. It was too easy with the oh that's not public information yet and so I was pretty sure given that Mike Costa co-wrote this episode that yeah no that's not gonna be it.
0: And Pierce leaves them behind and decides to enter the bar which brings him back. And we hear the song Since You Fell In Love by Joan Montgomery which comes from the same album as I mentioned before. And of course,
1: the descendant of his waitress looks exactly like his waitress. Because that's how genetics work, not... I love when they do that, though. I love it, because it's a great way of... Reusing the same actress. Well,
0: for one that, but also in like a split of a second, the viewer immediately knows that these people are related. The fact that it takes him that long to accept the fact that that's not Kay is a different thing, but... The whole situation was kind of weird, because then she goes, "Mm, you were what, three when he died, whatever, when this happened. And he goes, I'm older than I look, bullshit. And it's just, it's just weird. I was surprised that Maddie didn't question that whole situation more, because he really doesn't look 80 or whatever he would be.
1: We also get a wonderful misdirection in this scene, because... We learned that his then-partner felt that the case was not solved.
0: Yeah, because they never figured out how the killer is choosing their victims.
1: Yeah, so we now have the potential that the wrong guy died in prison and this might actually be the work of the original killer. Which, yes, standard procedure, but it's also nice because it's tried and it works. And we go to the interrogation room and at this
0: moment it was really bugging me where I knew the tour guide from. So I looked him up and he was on one of my favorite science fiction, not science fiction, yeah it's science fiction, action tv shows called Chuck. If you haven't seen that it has Zachary Levy in the main role and it's amazing. I loved it. I've seen it back in the day a couple of times in a row really
1: enjoyed it. So, knew the guy! For me, here we get the obvious confirmation. It's not the tour guide. And that's all I have to say. I just stopped
0: for a second there, trying to figure out who is Macmillan, if he's gonna be important to the story. Who is the police officer who sold Neil the pictures. But, other than that, following the storyline.
1: And then we go to the worst, 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 worst scene. Of the entire episode, because we go back to Clay's and Mace is completely acting out and she says the one unforgivable thing. And of course, Trixie heard this. And while it's obvious that Mace doesn't really mean this, that she's lashing out, Trixie is still a child. So she will not be able to rationalize this as an adult would be able to.
0: This is yet another scene where Dan shines. I love Dan in this scene because he is very rarely as firm on issues as he is with Trixie. And he is giving Mace all the ways to get out of the situation. He is giving her all the outs that he can. And I think the reason for that is not that he cares about her that much, but he knows that Trixie cares about her. And he wants Mace to come to grips with whatever there's happening with her life, because there's clearly something happening with her for Trixie. But unfortunately, Mace is in a self-destruction mode. And as you said, she is lashing out and there is no saving. Not right
1: now. We have a wonderful mix cut back and forth scene with the precinct and the phone call. And for some reason... I was considering the granddaughter to be the potential copycat.
0: Oh, interesting. I mean, it it did cross my mind because in a sense, technically, maybe she could have blamed the broken heart killer for Kay having a broken heart or whatever. I don't know. We could probably get there for some reason, somehow.
1: Somehow it made sense in my brain. And then, of course, at the same scene, we have Lucy once again making things about himself and Chloe not having it actually this time. she is not nodding and having its slide past. This is actually working against their partnership.
0: She is very angry in this episode and in this scene in particular.
1: And I'm kind of confused as to why. Lucy is being fairly unreasonable. But not more than usual.
0: Yes, but right now she is dealing with a serial killer which usually is not the case and there's always extra pressure when it's serial because you know you don't know when and how they're gonna strike next. I would say that it's a stressful case for her. And with Pierce being in the picture currently for her, she is less likely to indulge Lucifer in his silliness.
1: It just struck me as odd because they were actually quite positive at the end of last episode when she was trying to get invited to the concert and everything. So her being that angry and grumpy with him didn't really match for me. I
0: don't think it had anything to do with previous events. I'm genuinely convinced that this is about the way Lucifer is acting when lives are at stakes and simultaneously he not being the only charmer in the precinct anymore for Chloe. Nevertheless, we can go back to another flashback where we get another 50s song
1: called Cloud Full of Tears by Gary Trexler. Wow, that song title is so over the top. Because for some reason that also, again, made no sense to me. The waitress is getting completely emotional about Pierce leaving, which is like, why? Because she was into him. Yeah, but on what base? On the base
0: that he would be going there on regular basis and she would serve him and he would tell off all the other women but he would talk to her
1: because she was his waitress it's like being angry that your cab driver also drives other people it made no sense to me
0: if he would have flirted or go out with other people yes but he didn't flirt with her he did
1: okay not that i saw it Seriously, it made zero sense to me that she was getting so emotional. Because to me, there was nothing in between the two of them.
0: Nothing ever happened because he was too consumed with the case. That was her perception. She helped him solve the case. She was clearly spending a lot of time with with him. I can see it. Definitely, we haven't obviously seen all the instances that they chatted. So I could definitely see
1: it. Pierce never struck me as a person that chats with anyone. But she does. Yeah, but just because you're talking at someone does not mean there is a connection. But they had
0: like full-blown conversations. I can see it anyway. I was actually for a little bit, I was convinced that Muddy was gonna be his granddaughter. Do we
1: know if Pierce can have children? We don't. But I would assume so. Because why not? No idea. Just so far it wasn't mentioned. So I'm curious. Yeah. Also at this point I was still considering the granddaughter, the potential copycat.
0: <laughs> oh still? Okay.
1: So in my brain that meant that maybe the waitress is the original killer. Ooh. But
0: we actually got an interesting snip of an information in the scene. And that is that Kane's partner was the one who took the credit even though obviously Kane is the one or Kay is the one who figured the case out so it's just a nice reminder that he is really keeping low profile and that's probably one of the reasons that he decided to leave after finishing up and closing up such a big case because it would draw a lot of attention from the media and he needs to avoid the media because he obviously is immortal so that was kind of an interesting little tidbit and then we get our radio tip and we get this amazing, amazing cut back to the precinct where Ella is talking directly at us so enthusiastically about the radio show. And oh, it's so Ella thing to listen to.
1: To me, it just is utterly confusing to have a radio show in current times. Like a proper radio station radio show. I do don't know when the last time was that I listened to like a regular radio station.
0: But then again, we're millennials, now we don't know. Yeah. We listen to podcasts. Yeah,
1: but it felt weird. But yes, I am aware that radio shows are still a thing. <laughs> and I have no idea what my other notes mean to tell me. I have listens dot 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 or runs the program. And I have ha 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 oh poor Lucifer.
0: Oh, yeah. Ha ha oh poor Lucifer is definitely relating to the fact that that he's supposed to be the broken heart. Oh, the cheated on one. While Chloe and <sighs> Piers are gonna yes, be together yes. having a date. Yes. So we move on to the radio station. To actually see this thing at work. And it feels like it's all starting well and all. But then when you see Lucifer's face when Chloe starts talking about Pierce. Oh, it's just it was hurting me so much. And then
1: he just leaves. Did you freeze frame her notes? No. They repeat. They are copy paste the same passage over and over again. Jesus. So they were really lazy when writing her notes. (laughs) That's hilarious. Also, there is a continuity error here. They hang up before she gives them an address. No, that they beep out the address. She doesn't say an address. They end the call. No, she says he lives at and they beep it out. I was very sure that they...
0: No, they definitely, they beep it out because they do this whole shabang about it where the audio guy does this like a big hand motion and presses the button that does the eh, or whatever the noise is for the listeners, you can't hear the address but she actually says it so we didn't hear the address but she says it
1: okay i was very sure she doesn't say it but (laughs) then never mind because then the rest makes no sense (laughs) Well, she had
0: to have said it as well, because then later on. That's why I say continuity error. So we come into Kane's lair. I'm gonna call it Kane's Lair with the Rocks.
1: Uh, he has a fucking rock collection.
0: I mean, I think it's interesting and I think that the way he he sounds really enthusiastic when he talks about the rocks, which is kind of cool because he sees himself as a rock. But the problem in this moment for me is that if I didn't know that Kane has a secret agenda, this would have been a really sweet beautiful situation but I do I know that he's not doing it because he wants to be with Chloe and that completely ruins it and makes me hate him even more
1: rightfully so I was greatly amused they walk up one staircase and then oh I have this for the view it's like yeah the view was probably already pretty amazing when you entered the house but sure that one story is gonna make all the difference duh sure what about the trees <laughs> and bushes when I look out you see that the area right Right in front of his house. There are no trees. Well, you can't sit on the stair. You have to go out on the balcony. So I found that very amusing. But... Otherwise, I found it very, very sweet that Lucifer is coming to Dan for advice. And Dan, once again, being the best has been and helpful and honest and just a great person.
0: Yep, the done appreciation train has left the station and I am on board. So we kind of switch back and forth, the outside and the inside. And, and Chloe goes through this whole speech where she says she needs somebody who's willing to open up to her, which is fair because that's That's what you kind of want from a relationship. I was so
1: annoyed. Really? Now that he is advancing towards her, she is trying to put a stop to this? I think that
0: she was slightly nervous about it already when he asked her. And that's what made the office scene so awkward and weird because she doesn't really know how to deal with this. And I salute her, honestly. She brought this whole thing up. And I don't know if I'd be able to. Especially if she already harbors some sort of feelings for him. Being able to come out and say, listen, I do like you. But if you're not willing to be in this, I am not willing to get into it, you know? It's about expectations. At certain stage, I know that you wouldn't really have the experience with that, sorry. But as you get a little older, it's not...
1: I'm not old. That's why I don't have the experience with it.
0: Always 17. (laughs) Regardless, though, when you are 17, you come into a relationship very much with the energy of this is going to be amazing, this is going to be great, I like this person, and that's all that matters. But with age it comes that moment when you realize that that liking somebody sometimes is not enough. And I really appreciate that Chloe knows that and is willing to articulate that.
1: I just feel like it's not new information to her that he is not the most Open of a person, and she was already coming on to him before. And now that he is apparently trying to reciprocate, she's going, Oh no, but I need someone who can let me in. And it's like, Girl, when did you realize that? He (laughs) told her
0: that he's not relationship material.
1: Yeah, he put in the hook.
0: And she is like, Okay, I'm not gonna go there because I like him. And if he doesn't want a relationship, there's no point. And then he starts advancing on her. Her and now she's confused. So that's where this is stemming from. It's like, but you said you don't want a relationship. Why am I here then? I mean, the concert was fun, but like she didn't have much of a choice in the matter. He just invited himself.
1: That I would have understood much better if she would have gone with an explicit, but you said you weren't relationship material instead of... That's what
0: she said though. She does mention you said you're not the relationship material. What changed? And what is his answer? Uh, I don't know. I think he decided that he's ready now or some bullshit like that I really should not watch episodes drunk (laughs) (laughs) no we only record drunkly now yeah
1: apparently well I had to try it once or something (laughs) yeah my next note makes no sense because pastrami boy got the address if Chloe actually said the address crime is happening according to my next note
0: <laughs> yeah so there is a very quick uh, section of shots where we have Lucifer catching the pastrami boy taking him away and arresting him and the pastrami boy says oh I have all the unedited recordings duh I want to be a producer whatever and as they walk in away, we see the shot of the dark gloved figure opening the vent and putting some gas essentially some sort of a sleeping gas into the vent of the house so crying Time is happening, the killer is there, plot twist is my... (laughs) my note.
1: I really enjoyed the fact that Pierce was affected but way slower than Chloe because for a second there I thought hmm, this is like some weird community kind of thing. But no 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 he is affected it just takes a bit. And then for some reason I'm completely in all caps with WHERE IS LUCIFER? WHO IS THAT? THERE IS LUCIFER! I apparently was really into this. Amazing. My note is who
0: the <laughs> some dots and then I just went on haha! Ha, I called it. You should have killed him when you had the chance. So my Christopher Pellant hate just came through all over
1: again. I did not recognize him.
0: Hey in all fairness he's in the previous scene for a very very brief moment. So if he's there for more than two seconds I'd be surprised. So this is like the type of a plot twist when you show somebody a red marble at the beginning of a class for a really short time and you don't pay any attention to it and then you ask at the end of the class what color was the marble that was sitting in a hallway. You know, it's like some complete bullshit that it's just...
1: Oddly specific example.
0: I don't know, I was trying to think of some sort of a smart metaphor which clearly didn't work. But it's an Agatha Christie book. You don't have the information to solve the case because you don't have all the information. It's
1: all good. Don't need to justify my failure to recognize the dude. <laughs> You can just say, don't watch episodes drunk. Eh,
0: that'd be boring.
1: And apparently at the end of the scene, Lucifer has a moment of self-realization that broke my heart. 100%. What was his realization?
0: I feel like I'm talking about this episode. Lucifer grabs Talant and starts shaking him around. And he's just giving out to him. At some stage he says, you don't get to decide who she's gonna be with. And neither do I.
1: Ah, yeah, that rings a bell.
0: So obviously then, because he doesn't have handcuffs on him, he just punches the dude into unconsciousness and goes take
1: care of Chloe. Valid choice. The next scene I remember and I have notes that I understand. Okay. You go ahead then. We move over back to the coffee shop and against all hope I had really wished that Amenadiel would do what Linda told him to but Amenadiel being Amenadiel he obviously doesn't and so he starts Stalking Charlotte, and I hate this so much because I fear this is gonna go very bad for everyone. I still love Charlotte; she is the best. And as much as I hate the reason why we have her in this episode, I still really appreciate having her in the episode. If you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And mostly throughout this scene, I just went, "A minute you don't, a minute you don't, a minute you don't," and and then a you'll do, and then a minute. You'll do, and, ah. Usually I'm such a huge advocate of telling the truth, of being honest. But I do not believe that knowing this truth is actually gonna help Charlotte. Yeah, I agree. And it's also not Amenadiel's choice to tell her.
0: No, it's extremely selfish. Selfish behavior. And
1: it just proves that
0: he has learned
1: nothing since he came to Earth. And he's overstepping so, so, so far, boundary-wise. He
0: has decided that he wants to spend time with the person that used to be his mother regardless how upsetting and difficult it's gonna make it for her and how
1: dangerous try to imagine learning that the months of time you're missing the goddess of fucking creation was using your body as vehicle and nearly destroyed the world Yeah, sure. Therapy's totally gonna help with that. Honestly, I think that Charlotte would have had a chance to deal with something like
0: that if she would have come to grips by now with what happened to
1: her. Later on, when she has processed hell. Exactly. I'd be fine with that. But like Linda said, no. Amenadiel don't, but then Amenadiel do. That's a good alternative title for the episode.
0: Yeah, I was very, very upset with this scene. And then we go Chick again, which I suppose I'm gonna have to rename my scenes from now on. Mace moved out. Chloe only. Chick Chloe doesn't have the same ring to it.
1: We need a name for Chloe and Trixie. Because Trixie lives there just as much as Chloe does. But I have a very important question. Did Mace apologize to Trixie? No. And how is Trixie doing? Badly. And why don't we see her? I know. Why is How could they? <laughs> I was extremely emotionally invested in the missing information part. So I was very upset.
0: And then Olga leaves. Olga is a great character, by the way. She's just some sort of a neighbor, right? She's not an actual babysitter.
1: I have no idea, but Olga has three seconds of screen time and I love Olga.
0: Right? More Olga. Yes. And then we have Lucifer coming in.
1: Being surprisingly sweet. I know.
0: He is hurting and I hate, 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 hate the fact that he is hurting. But what he is doing. He is putting Chloe's happiness over himself. Which again is showing how much he has grown since.
1: Yeah. Selfishness not his greatest asset usually.
0: And I really really hope that Chloe will take his warning seriously. Because he did not say it in any sort of a selfish way. Or condescending
1: way or anything.
0: He He said it with a concern. Yeah. So that's where I'm at watching
1: that. And then we go into the final scene pierce is back at the flashback bar and as we
0: leave chloe's apartment we get the last song of the episode called
1: torches by a band that we know and love called
0: ex-ambassadors
1: i just realized we have no lux this episode but instead we have the bar and every time we're at the bar we have a song just like we usually have for lux yes smart i have exactly one note it's in all caps. I am right. He's only going for the relationship with Chloe to finally be able to die. Yep. Just for the record, I'm right. Here we have it.
0: You're right. He is not risking his heart. He is in this for selfish reasons. And this will end up being a dumb, stupid, a disaster. Pierce don't, but Pierce do. Yep. We should get it on a t shirt. Pierce don't
1: but Pierce do on the front and Ames don't, but Ames do on the back. Doesn't it go for pretty much all the male characters though? I mean, Lucifer often also, Lucifer don't, but Lucifer do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or we could just do like a blank space
1: don't and blank space do. Or we make badges.
0: Ooh, yeah, let's do badges. Or pins.
1: We can do pins. I think pins are way more expensive than badges. Yeah, but pins are nicer. Maybe if we ever have more patrons, then maybe. Badges are good. Badges, 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 badges. <laughs> badger, badger, badger. Thank you for catching the reference.
0: We are... Well, I'm gonna go into my final thoughts.
1: You can use the royal we just like Pierce. We, the Queen Veronica, the Queen of Prostra- Pr- Prostrastination. <laughs> It's unbelievable. How are you able to say all the fucking chemicals without seeing them from my devil's in the details? But you stumble over sometimes the most common of words. It makes no sense. <sighs> Your English is a weird woman sometimes.
0: I have an acting degree that should explain it all. No!
1: Unless you're doing
0: this deliberately and then screw you. I mean, I'm pronouncing all those medical shit deliberately.
1: Yeah, but if your English <laughs> is that much better than mine, because you can say all these fancy medical words without stumbling over them, then it makes no sense that you stumble over the most basis of vocabulary and mix up grammar and completely lose track and sense within several, sentences.
0: And this is how we broke Lena's brain. It makes no sense! We, the queen. (laughs) Okay. Let's get into my final thoughts. I love the music and the small flashbacks in this episode. I also like the front that Kane is putting on. If it were genuine, I would be here cheering for him with all I've got, honestly. But, especially with the last scene, all doubts were erased about him doing this for his own stupid agenda. The other thing I hated, as mentioned a few times in this episode, (laughs) is everything Ames-related. Why? Why does he have to be so fucking selfish? I swear the two of them will be the end of me. Seemed <laughs> to be very poetic in the middle of the night. But with the bat out of the way, I loved watching Lucifer grow. I very much enjoyed Ella. Mace is throwing a tantrum and I believe she will be back, if even for Trixie. But the winner of this week's episode is... Drumroll... Daniel Espinoza, congrats to being the best human. You've come such a long way. I know. If you would have told me I would have said that out loud on the podcast two seasons ago, I would have probably laughed very, very hard.
1: Well, thank you for mentioning Dan, because... Let me start with my major complaint first. <laughs> How does no one check on Trixie? Dan was right there when it happened, and Chloe is fucking Supermom, and Maze loves Trixie. They better resolve this ASA fucking P in the next episode, or I'm gonna be more livid than I've been so far. That genuinely made me angry. I obviously enjoy being right and getting my confirmation in the final seconds of this episode. But otherwise, I have to say I hate the whole Amenadiel stalking Charlotte and telling her every bit that will, like I said, not be good for her, especially since Linda said so. So let's hear it for the people in the back. Fuck you, Amenadiel. And also, I am not quite sure where Lucifer thinks this whole thing is going and why he is now deciding to behave the way he does. If it is genuine, if it is calculated. So I'm curious... I'm also worried because sometimes he's not the smartest cookie in the jar when it comes to emotions. So we'll see where this is going, but I'm curious. And they better resolve lots of this in the next episode. Well,
0: you do have to realize this is episode 18. Don't have to do anything.
1: Let me be angry.
0: Yeah, keep your anger. But that means that we are getting closer to the season finish, which means that they are ramping it up. I'm
1: assuming. Six more episodes. That means we have now done three fourths and are now in the final quarter, right? I think so. With
0: that being said, I think it's time to remind to all of our listeners that there will be summoning episode. So please, if you do have opinions on anything season three related or anything us related
1: or if you just want to say hi or if you caught up on the show and missed the deadline for the summoning episode one or two you can also obviously send us in feedback for season one and two
0: yes so please do that send your feedback either to any of our social media or to lucifer at taot-podcast.com
1: but before we send you off into the night the day the work night the work day wherever we have to say thank you all for sticking with us For a whole year.
0: Ah, right. It's been a year since our first episode.
1: When this hits the airwaves of your pleasure, we will have been doing this for an entire year. And when we started doing this, we did not expect that COVID was gonna be the thing it turned out to be. We did not expect to not be able to meet in person. We were supposed to see each other like 15 times last year and nothing. And then corona happened. Work plans changed vacation plans changed and we became quite proficient at what we were doing so you guys are the ones benefiting from this because oh wow we have gotten quite fast. Yeah,
0: for me as well thank you so much to everybody who's been around thank you so much to all of our patrons the small group of people that are sending us money every month is helping us cover all the costs of the podcast itself so thank you so much and thank you to everybody who has recommended us to their friends and who has written a review because there is a whole bunch of you there and we get those reviews and they're beautiful and they make us very happy so thank you thank you thank you so much
1: so let's see how fast we go in the future how much specials we manage to do we'll see how it goes maybe we think of other fun things to do maybe we finally managed to find the time to do more weird things with our beautiful discord community who is so indulgent to To us, sometimes doing nothing and sometimes completely overwhelming them with shit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And with this we say... Thank you for listening. If you are curious, find us on the various social medias. We love interacting with you, either over there or when you send us emails to lucifer at taot podcast.com.
0: If you want to get even more personal and have secret chats with us on our exclusive Discord server, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com/slash TAOT podcast. We have a whole bunch of different rewards from early release to hours of bonus content.
1: Yes, hours. If that sounds like too much pressure, you can help the show by leaving positive iTunes reviews. They really, really help. Or telling all your friends about us because nothing beats a personal recommendation. Thank Thank you. you. Bye.